This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. Last time out, Valtteri Bottas wanted to silence his critics. He did so by winning the race. This time, he silenced a few more by getting pole position. It's round 11 of the Formula One World Championship. I'm Jenny Gao, and this is Five Life Formula One. So Bottas beats Hamilton to pole position, Max Verstappen in third place and Charles Leclerc in the Ferrari may be surprising fourth. It's the Eiffel Grand Prix in Germany at the Nürburgring. Jolie and Palmer, Jack Nichols, ready to talk about all things qualifying and how much of a surprise, Jack, is Bottas's display today? I don't know if surprise is the right word, but really impressive is very correct. Like, really, really impressive. This is the kind of lap that makes me think of Bottas 2.0 at Melbourne at the start of uh, a couple of years ago because it was just really, really good. To be a quarter of a second ahead of Hamilton, he's shaken Hamilton up. We'll hear from Hamilton a little bit later on. And, And when you do, you can just hear how kind of a bit sort of confused, down, uh, disappointed he is. He only out-qualified Max Verstappen by three, four hundredths of a second. And that is a surprise in the terms of the of the season so far. You know, Verstappen has sometimes split the Mercedes this year, but it's usually been Bottas that he's splitting. So whilst on this podcast last week, him saying, you know, oh, F you to the critics didn't really work for me. Like, he won the race, but he probably would he have won the, you know, he... He didn't win it on merit. Today, he took pole position fully on merit and a mightily impressive performance from Bottas. Jolien, just tell me how hard it is for a driver like Bottas to keep peddling against the like the trend, the, the love, the support. You know, he, he never gets that adulation that other drivers get. And, and that must, you know, you have to block it out to a certain extent. But does he not get the adulation that others get? I he gets quite a lot of adulation. He's a he's a multiple race winner. He's taken pole positions. We he's talk about Bottas two point He's always the wingman when it comes to Mercedes. He's there to support Hamilton. He doesn't always, get his, no, doesn't get his elbows no, out. I think there's no, a lot of people him. that are relatively critical of Bottas, and then he comes out with qualifying like today and just says, "You know what? Have that." I think I I, I do agree with Jenny that Bottas will have spent the last three years as Hamilton's teammate being constantly told he's not as good as Hamilton or reading that he's not as good as Hamilton or just literally not being as good as Hamilton because I don't think he is. So I think that is quite tough to come back from. That's why I am impressed with this because it was a it was a a, a proving of himself almost. And that must yeah, be tough but, to do. But you're talking about Bottas who is not as good as Hamilton. But he, look, he's done a great job today. He's... I think he's. This is one of his best laps, really. Quarter of a second up on Hamilton is 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 a phenomenal driving qualifying today. But I think Bottas gets credit on on more occasion than many so other Jolien, drivers in the, in Jolien, the field. Explain to me then why last time out in Russia he felt the need to come on the radio and say to all my critics, "You, 
He um, feels like a man who is not loved. To feel, he feels like a man who isn't celebrated in Formula One. He's driving at the top of his game. He's an exceptional driver, but he's just not as good as Hamilton. So, of course, he's not going to be lauded. No, but who is lauded? My, I think that's my point. Uh, OK, he's, I don't think Bottas is a, as good a driver, a, an all-round package, as Lewis Hamilton. But pe- honestly, I don't think anyone in the field is. Potentially, you could put Max Verstappen in that category. But because I don't say Bottas is as good as Hamilton... That's not to say that you diminish what Bottas does. Of course not. But but Sergio Perez, all Perez gets is praise. Wow, you know, he'll get a result out of the car. He can look after the tyres so well. Everyone thinks Perez is a really great midfielder. They go on about how great Sergio Perez is. And he is great. But would you rather be be a multiple race winner, I don't know, in inverted commas, championship challenger or a really great midfield driver that can get a result out of the car. I'd take the multiple race winner. Correct. And we're talking about Bottas in the context of fighting for a title. We're not talking about Perez in the context of fighting for a title. We're talking about Perez in a race and a racing point to try and nab a podium every so often. Yeah, the conversation's different. Sebastian Vettel, on various occasions in the last few years, has got some stick because he's made some mistakes. If Vettel wasn't a four-time champ and was, was still the rookie that came through Toro Rosso, wow, we'd be lauding him. He's winning races, he's able to take the fight to Hamilton. But no, he's a four-time champ and you have to treat him as a four-time champ. And therefore, having his numerous spins in many races, you know, you've got to question it. It's, so. it. It comes with the territory, really. Bottas's territory is Mercedes have taken him to be effectively the number two to Lewis Hamilton. But... <laughs> The comparison, therefore, is there with Hamilton. The stats say what everyone thinks, which is that Hamilton has been stronger. That's not a massive surprise. Hamilton is potentially the greatest of all time. He's in the talking, in, in the in the discussion, and Bottas is not. But if you're Bottas, you don't you don't you don't choose to be the. He's not there thinking, yeah, okay, fine, I'm here as number two, and then I'll I'll just drive as number two for the year. That's the thing. It's like you think he's there as a number two. We all think he's at Mercedes hire him. We think sort of as a number two. But, that, but he can't have that attitude, right? He can't just be here like, oh, no, oh I'm he, Hamilton's no, wingman. He, no, so that's no. why he's fighting against sort of every perception of him. Well, yeah, but you're fighting the perception because you're, you're, you are the perception. If, you, if, he's becoming the, if he's neck and neck with Hamilton, no one's calling him the number two. But because he's acting, he, his performances indicate that he's a number two, he, make, he creates this wingman role. But that's... that's on him, and it's unlucky on him because Hamilton is so great in the other car. But also, you know, I think Bottas gets more plaudits than many other drivers because he's won some brilliant Grand Prix. He's done some some outstanding qualifyings, and we're going to big up Valtteri Bottas in this podcast because of that amazing lap. Are we going to talk about Antonio Giovinazzi's Q2 effort today that was... What, well, how far I, was Giovinazzi ahead of Kimi Raikkonen? I was impressed with Giovinazzi tenths. today. Well, let's, uh, because let's he managed to... Giovinazzi then, shall we? <laughs> no, we're going we're gonna to big up Valtteri Bottas because he think... outqualified Hamilton by a couple of tenths. And that's the, you know, when you're up against Hamilton, if you beat him in a square head-to-head fight, that's where the plaudits come. And he's a multiple race winner. Great driver. We've said that numerous times. We've said he's super fast. At times, disappointing lack of fight in the races. But I think he gets a lot of credit as well. Okay, so let me put it a different way. It's all kicked off, didn't it, for a little qualifying (laughs) podcast? (laughs) How badly did Bottas need the result last time out in Russia and this time out? uh, Not you, Jack, Jolien. Oh, sorry. For for himself, how much did he need that? Bearing in mind, he hasn't been on pole for two months. 
Well, honestly, he hasn't got the result yet this weekend. He's done a brilliant qualifying. If Hamilton smashes him tomorrow, then it doesn't count for that much. He took pole at Silverstone for the 70th anniversary Grand Prix mm -hmm. and ended up finishing third. And he was very downtrodden on Sunday evening. So I think he's got to convert it tomorrow or at least put in a really strong fight, neck and neck. And if he's a plucky loser after a great drive, then, you know, it's still a really morale boosting couple of races for him. He's obviously on a, on a good run after the win in, in Sochi last time out. And clearly the message after Sochi is that he, he is a little bit phased by his criticism, which many drivers in Formula One are getting, they're getting critics. I spent my career in Formula One being criticised as well. And look, I tell you, it's not nice. But I think Bottas is in a, in a position where he's able to win races. He's able to really stand out as well. And he's able to turn, turn over uh, some great qualifyings. And the win last time out, the qualifying here, if he can back it up tomorrow, I don't think the critics have... I, don't, I haven't seen that many people being that critical of Bottas overall in the grand scheme of Formula One, really. I think that I think he has managed to turn Sochi, it seems to me, into something that it wasn't. In that he's managed to... He said, F you to the critics. And for me... He was on a different strategy to Hamilton, had all these things go against him. It wasn't a fair fight, in my opinion. But he seemed to believe that it was and that he deserved that win. And I'm not saying he did not deserve that win, to be clear. But he, it seems like he's managed to, the way he behaved afterwards, the celebrations, he's managed to turn that in his head into something that it was not. And that's not a criticism of him. I think that's really impressive that he's kind of managed to do that and then, and then arrived and done this. I think without the win in Russia... Last week, I don't think he he does this. I think he's managed to use that to, to to buoy himself, and then he's put in this superb drive again today. And correct, if he then tomorrow he has a first lap like Monza and finishes the race in seventh, we're we're in a different conversation. But I, I think Sochi has really boosted his confidence. Let's hear from our pole sitter. <laughs> we forgot that we actually had him to listen to. Uh, this is Valtteri Bottas. We had a good chat yesterday. You talked about bringing that momentum from Sochi with you. It's exactly what you did today. The session seemed to come to you. Q1, improvement Q2, Q3, and just hit the sweet spot when it mattered most. Is that how it felt? Yeah, it felt like definitely in the last attempt, I, I did hit the, the sweet spot and got all the sectors right, finally. Um, I think during the qualifying, I was lacking a bit in sector one. So finally, managed to find a way to, you know, get, get sector one times good and um, go from there. But also a big part of the, I think today was getting the tires well prepped on the outlap, you know, so it was pretty important for the both front and rear axle to get them ready for, for lap one. How much of a, a mental boost does it give you to put it on pole in a weekend where there are so many question marks and so much disruption, really? Yeah, on pole, it always feels good. And of course, you need to be faster than everyone you know to, to get it so it's uh, yeah it's a it's a nice thing mentally but also just need to think about tomorrow and I really actually like the idea that there's quite a few question marks for tomorrow but at least we're starting from the best place on the grid so we're in a good place just explain to us how much of a benefit the DAS system is in a situation like this in terms of getting more energy into the tyres like a few seconds maybe <laughs> no, <Secret. laughs> no. Uh, it's impossible to say, you know, the the exact impact. But 
for sure, especially these conditions, it's, um, it is a benefit, but I can't put lap time on it. But that's what it's all about, isn't it, with Mercedes? Just all these marginal gains making the difference. Exciting. Well done today. Exciting. And Thank good you. luck tomorrow. Thanks, Thanks. a lot. Thanks. So, Valtteri Bottas there speaking after qualifying. Let's shuffle straight to Lewis Hamilton because uh, you can hear from his voice he wasn't best pleased with that session. Lewis qualifying P2. It was a nice battle all the way to the end. Max was obviously in that as well. Uh, is there anywhere you feel like you could have extracted a bit more to challenge Valtteri? I'm sure when I look at the data, there will be some plenty of time. Obviously, it's two tenths ahead, so um, he did a great job, so congrats to, to him. Back at the Nürburgring, is it a track you like to, to drive? You know, it's nice to see the cars going around here uh, after a few years that we've not been here. Uh, it's an amazing circuit, um, and it's yeah, it's, it's one of the historic circuits that we have, so it definitely is great to be back here. And what's, uh, what's going to make the difference tomorrow? Because obviously the conditions are not ideal. It's different to what we're normally used to in F1. What's going to be the biggest challenge? Um, I don't really know, if I'm really honest. I, I guess I'll find out tonight. Um, I think... Naturally, the graining, potentially in this, this conditions uh, being less cool, uh, how the tyres behave, you know, whether it's a one or two stop, how long the tyres will go, uh, you know, we're obviously all on the soft to start with, the start, the, whether or not the safety cars going around behind a safety car in these conditions is going to be tough with these, with these temperatures. So there's, there's a, lot of, a lot to play for tomorrow, so I uh, need to get my head down. So, Jolyn, what went wrong for Hamilton out there today? Where, where were the mistakes, do we know? Didn't see any obvious mistakes, I have to say. Um, he just wasn't as quick as, as Bottas. A couple of tenths away. I think, I, look, I actually think this is, this is more about Bottas putting in a, yeah. a great drive than where did it go wrong for Hamilton, I think. What, what summed it up for me with Hamilton was that he was asked, do you know where you lost the time? Or was there more time in there or something? And he said, well, of course there was more time in there. I'm a quarter of a second away. But he wasn't like, oh, yeah, I had understeer or, oh, yeah, I made a mistake at turn eight. Or I don't think he knows where that time is just getting out of the car. They'll find it in the data. But usually, and I think that's quite an unusual situation for Hamilton to get out of the car and be like, how he's quicker. I don't know how. Yeah. But even Verstappen said he's picked up more understeer at the end of qualifying. Yeah. But Hamilton, yeah, they didn't look to be a mistake. He didn't say there was a mistake. He just said, well, we'll find it in the data. Two tenths is, is two tenths. To be honest, two tenths for Hamilton to be down is is a reasonably solid deficit, and this is significant enough qualifying margin, really, a couple of tenths. So that's why I think this lap from Bottas was was one of his best F1 qualifyings because there was no obvious mistakes from Hamilton. He just wasn't as fast today. Okay, um, and when it comes to the start of this race, before we talk Max Verstappen, uh, it's not the longest run down to turn one. So um, obviously, it's always better to be in pole position. But is this a, a good one for Bottas to have outqualified Hamilton? Everyone's a good one for him to outqualify Hamilton. Um, probably yes, it's quite good. There's a big braking zone at turn one where I think I, I still think. If we're going to go back to the criticisms of Bottas, I think he's going to have to get his elbows out tomorrow because not only is he going to have Hamilton, but he's going to have Verstappen. And often Bottas has been tentative at first corner braking zones. And that's where if he's tentative tomorrow, he could get past there. It's a downhill, tricky braking zone. If he overcooks it, there's gravel on the outside, which Hamilton actually nearly clipped today coming out of the pit lane in practice. But it's a tricky braking zone. Last time out in Russia, he was brilliant on the start. He got hit by a B and went really deep into, uh, into turn two, which was the level of fight that I think he needs. And, uh, and hopefully 
for his sake tomorrow he can uh, he can hold off Hamilton or Verstappen at the first corner who knows maybe Leclerc and then it's not that easy a track to overtake on I don't think I I think I'd be surprised if he drops Hamilton I think this is going to be a, a, a good I'm looking forward thrilling to race yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's hear from the man who'll start P3. There was a chance of pole, maybe, Max Verstappen. Hi, Max. Um, You seem to peak in Q2. Can you explain the difference in grip between the two sessions? Yeah, I don't know. I just had a bit less grip in Q3, just sliding around a bit more, a bit more understeer in the car. And then, uh, yeah, you just can't carry the speed through the corners like you want to. You have to adjust your your driving style a bit, which you don't want to uh, because it's slower. But, um, yeah, it was... Of course, not only me who went slow, it was also, you know, Lewis had a few issues, I think, with that from Q2 to Q3, where we both went slower. So we'll, uh, we'll look into that. But overall, I think um, it was quite a positive call thing for us. Yeah, it really was. I mean, it certainly looked like you were going to be on pole at one stage. Is, is it to do with the, the temperature? Is it to do with graining on the tyres? I think, you know, we brought quite a few updates to the car and uh, they seem to be working quite well. Um, yeah, I think everything stabilised a bit more. Um, so I was actually now struggling with understeer, which I never really had before. <laughs> so it's a, it's a new thing we uh, will look into. But yeah, of course, it's very cold. And uh, with the limited track time, which is, of course, the same for everyone, it's always a bit more tricky to find a, you know, the sweet spot. But uh, still, we are, we are closing in, and I think that's very positive, And hopefully, we can just keep it going like that. And in terms of closing, by how much? Can you take the fight to them tomorrow? Or are you uh, going to have to rely on these crazy mark. variables? <laughs> it's a big question. Mark, yeah. Let's see tomorrow. I'm, I'm positive, but you know, I, uh, I always try my best. And if we can, if we can fight them, I'll definitely do it. If we can't, I'll uh, still try to make the best of it and, and be on the podium. Good luck tomorrow. Thanks a lot. So Jack, going into the final part of qualifying, we were all keyed up for it to be a real battle. Maybe Max Verstappen could get pole, and it was a battle, wasn't it? Verstappen was close. He was in the fight. He's as close as he'd been really all year to the, to the sort of outright pace at the front of the field. Didn't have enough. And it was classic Max Verstappen, really. He's not sort of too fussed about it. He comes out and says, ah, we were close, but, you know, oh, well. They're in there for the race tomorrow. They're not on a different strategy, but I, I think they, Verstappen can get up and involved in the, in the fight tomorrow. No doubt about that. I'm less convinced about Leclerc in the Ferrari in fourth position, but... I don't know. Keep keep an eye on on them. It was a good job. Their best qualifying um, in ages, really, for for Charles Leclerc after the misery that was sort of Spa and Monza and, and all of that. So that's great to see. Albon, okay, half a second away from Verstappen, but that's actually not bad for Albon as well. So that whole little group, I think, is going to be really really interesting tomorrow. Um, when it comes to uh, Max Verstappen, he's only ever had two pole positions in his career. So it's not like he's a man that comes into this with bags of pole experience. I always forget, Jolene, he's only ever had two poles in, in Formula One. Yeah, and he's never really had the fastest car. Sometimes in a Mexico or Brazil, Singapore. Yeah, those sort of times. Monaco, maybe Hungary last year. They're the sort of Red Bull tracks, but this year we don't have most of those circuits. And um, Hungary ironically is his worst qualifying of the year so far so he's, he's up against it most of the time he's so phenomenally fast and again he was half a second quicker than Albon today so it's not like he's a bad qualifier but just the might of Mercedes is difficult to beat today there was a glimmer of hope wasn't there ahead after the first runs of Q3 but 
you did just feel that Mercedes have more in there and could dig deeper. And Verstappen also found just a tiny bit, but not enough to uh, to counter Mercedes. I think they've got the faster car and sort of suitably took the, the front row lockout, but it I, was tight. I think a lot of Verstappen's mega laps go a little bit unseen. You know, Red Bull said last week in uh, Russia, or two weeks ago in Russia, was his best ever lap for them. And you think back to the, the superb, famous... Hamilton lap of what was it 2018 in in Singapore where he was absolutely phenomenal but actually Verstappen was a couple of tenths behind him and was probably just as phenomenal as as Hamilton in that but because it didn't take the pole you don't quite see it so as Jolian says I think he's a great qualifier but he hasn't had the fastest car and it's not that he just hasn't had the fastest car Mercedes have had such an advantage in one lap pace that He's never really had the opportunities to, to take the pole positions, but he definitely has the speed to do it. Quick word on Charles Leclerc managing to get that Ferrari to fourth. To me, seems like a, a pretty big achievement. Yeah, out-qualified Albon by a hundredth. Clear of the midfield is the, is the impressive thing. Ferrari look like the best of the rest this weekend based on qualifying. And how long have we been doing this podcast? 20 minutes in? Yeah. And we're just discussing one of the great performances of, of qualifying. Yeah. Whilst we've spent 15 minutes talking about the, the great effort of Valtteri Bottas. So Leclerc outqualified Vettel by half a second in Q2. He's got that Ferrari back onto the second row. He deserves a lot of plaudits for that drive. And hopefully he can take the fight maybe towards the top three. If Probably not, but an outside chance of a podium for him um, tomorrow if things go right. And again, not to say not to discredit Bottas, but I think he gets a lot of credit for, for what he does a lot of the time. Equal best qualifying of the season. He also got uh, fourth at the first race at Silverstone, did Charles Leclerc. Uh, does that show that Ferrari are making progress slowly but surely? It's difficult to tell because we're, they're sort of back to where they were before we went to the circuits that really didn't suit them, like Monza and Spa. So this is kind of where you would have expected them to be just ahead of the midfield at the start of the year. It's kind of where they were in uh, sort of Austria at times, but I don't, I don't think it's right. You can't be like, Oh yeah, you go Ferrari because they're fourth eight tenths from pole. I don't, I don't think that's a huge success story. Really. Feel like, feel like their fans might be saying that <laughs> just for a bit of light relief. They're, but like you say, they're not anywhere they haven't been before. So it, yeah. it's just, they're back to, we're sort of back to a normal track rather than rather than a bad Ferrari track. Uh, Vettel will start P11, so he's the first of the runners that can choose their own tyres. All of the top ten will start on the softs. How much of a chance does that give Vettel, maybe Jolien, that he can choose a tyre, maybe go on the medium, do something a little different? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's definitely a chance for Vettel. Ferrari obviously do have a reasonable car around here, and if the soft tyre has problems early on and with some cold graining or something... He could make something reverse happen on the medium to start with. We should also talk about Nico Hulkenberg. He got the call this morning about 11 o'clock his time. He was having a coffee with a mate. And uh, <laughs> so he got the call from Otmar. Are you going to play all of this, Paddy? Sorry. Fine, I'll change it then. We should also have a quick mention for Nico Hulkenberg. Super sub once again comes in for Lance Stroll, who is feeling poorly today, won't take any more of a part in this weekend's session. So Hulkenberg comes in, qualified P20. Let's hear from him because he spoke just after qualifying. First things first, it's great to see you. You're such a popular addition to the paddock, but it's hugely disruptive for the team. Just tell me 
first of all, how you found out, what you were doing this morning, how things Yeah, it was even, even wilder and crazier than last time. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was in Cologne, which is kind of an hour from here. I was due to come here this afternoon anyways, and I was going to do some TV stuff from RTL tomorrow. And uh, sat with a friend having a coffee at 11 a.m. When, when, I, when I see that Otmar rings me and uh, says, Hulkenberg, hurry, we need you here. And uh, yeah, I stepped in the car, came here. And the rest uh, is history. We saw what happened now. Obviously, uh, yeah, the 2.0 return, you know, in, in a moment uh, of a heartbeat. It's always going to be a big ass getting out of Q1. Just describe what it felt like in the car, the, the, the challenges that you had. Yeah, it felt quite different again to Silverstone, obviously. Completely different circuit. The car has, you know, moved on too. There's a couple of technical bits that are very different and give the driver a very different uh, sensation. So I had to kind of adjust around that a bit and, you know, just find my feet again. And obviously, in four laps, that's, that's not so easy. But uh, all in all, I'm, I'm, you know, even though we're last, I'm quite pleased with, uh, with the laps that we've produced just now. Yeah, I mean, only half a second off. You must... Be pleased just to get back into the car. I mean, you know the track, you know this car, but not together. So what does that mean for tomorrow? That still means that tomorrow is going to be very difficult, you know, and, and a hell of a challenge. Um, but, you know, we'll do what we can. Obviously, I have the, the experience, the four laps in the pocket now. Uh, those will sink in and tomorrow, yeah, we'll just go race and, and see what we get. It's such a crazy topsy-turvy season, isn't it? You yeah, do, it is. You know. Yeah, it's kind of, you have to expect the unexpected and it's just what happened again today. All the best tomorrow. Thanks so much. So it's like 2016 all over again with Perez and Hulkenberg as teammates for what was Force India, now racing points. Uh, he did a, Jack, he did a decent job, didn't he, today, bearing in mind he had absolutely no time in the car. I think one more lap and he's into Q2. He was half a second away from, well, sort of four tenths a second away from making it. I think if he gets one more run, he's into the second part of qualifying, which is pretty impressive, really, to be honest, from Hulkenberg. But then... Is it impressive? Like, what do you expect? The guy's a top-line F1 driver who comes into a car that he's raced before, a track that he's raced before. Without much practice, you would hope that he gets to the pace fairly quickly, and he did. He, he didn't do anything absolutely magic. Like, if he'd have made it out of Q1, it would have been, oh, absolutely magic. But that's not to say he did a bad job by any stretch of the imagination because it was always going to be tough. So, interested to see what he can do in the, in the Grand Prix tomorrow, really, because he might as well get points. Or, you know, obviously he'll try and get points, but he might as well sort of take the risks to try and get the points. Otherwise, there was no point in him racing for Racing Point. <laughs> Very good point. Well made. Yeah. Um, Jolien, how hard... I mean, obviously qualifying, tricky when you've had no time in the car. Now he's had a few laps in the car, but how difficult will it be to go around this circuit? 60 laps around the Nürburgring with uh, very little warning. Uh, it'll be probably easier than the little warning out of, of Silverstone I, I I think just because the, the circuit's not as physical as Silverstone he's got at least a little more um, idea of what's going to unfold in terms of driving this car before he's got no pressure he starts dead last anything's a bonus really if he gets points that's great if he doesn't he's stepping in at the last minute and it's a tough job what do you expect sort of thing so um, it'll be interesting to see how he does get on and uh, I, I expect the, the more laps he does, obviously, the better he'll be. And, and he can come through towards the points region maybe tomorrow. OK, well, let's play a little game as we tend to do. Uh, as we tend to do, we tried to guess where he'd qualify. We were all wrong with P12s and 14. So, Jack, where will he finish the race? 
thirteenth. Uh, I'm going. Palmer. Eleven. Wow. Jenny. Okay. Uh, thank you. Um, fourteen. Okay. I'll go fourteen. Andrew Benson. Fourth. <laughs> That was the worst impression I've heard from yeah, you for a long yeah, time. Worse. We'll edit it out. It's fine. Yeah. Um, OK, well, make sure you join us. Coverage a little bit earlier than usual uh, because the race goes off at 10 past one. So make sure you join us from one o'clock. We'll be on Five Live Sports Extra and there'll be a podcast again after the race. Thank you so much for, jo- Thank you so much for joining us. This has been an IMG production for BBC Radio Five Live. <laughs>